Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. It's Tuesday, May 31st, and we're bringing you real-time news. Fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. The European Union has agreed to block most Russian oil imports, a move that will cost Russia billions of dollars. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen is pleased. Thanks to this, Council should now be able to finalize a ban on almost 90% of all Russian oil imports by the end of the year. Hungary had been opposed to the ban, calling it an atomic bomb for its economy. The agreement approved early this morning allows Russian oil to flow through a pipeline to Hungary for now. Ukraine's top prosecutor, Irina Vendiktova, is charging a Russian soldier with murdering a man and raping his wife in March when Russian forces entered the suburbs around Kyiv. It's the first rape trial from the invasion, but any conviction will most likely be symbolic. The accused man, Mikhail Romanov, hasn't been captured. Still, Ukraine says it will bring him to trial. Ukraine officials have said Russian soldiers are using rape as a key weapon in its genocidal attack on Ukraine. The FDA has possibly linked 17 cases of hepatitis A to, wait for it, organic strawberries. It's recommending that you throw away strawberries from the brand's Fresh Compo or HEB if you bought them in March or April. Some of the strawberries were sold at Trader Joe's and Safeway. Most hepatitis A cases have been in California, but people have been affected as far away as Minnesota, North Dakota, and Canada. The French government is facing criticism after police tear-gassed thousands of Liverpool fans at the Champions League final on Saturday. France's interior minister blamed a massive fraud operation, claiming that 30 to 40,000 people tried to get into the stadium with fake tickets. The country's response to the chaos is raising questions about whether Paris can handle hosting major sporting events like the 2024 Summer Olympics. Stanford's star soccer player Katie Meyer died by suicide in early March at just 22 years old. Now her family is asking universities to do more when a student is facing emotional challenges. It's an initiative called Fight for Katie's Save. The idea is to support students navigating campus life by giving universities a way to reach out to an advocate identified by the student when they get too stressed or need guidance. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and review. It helps people find the show. Coming up, we talk about why women, more so than men, are given tasks that don't get them ahead in the workplace and how to fix it. The changing world of hybrid work offers new possibilities. WebEx enables them with an open platform and many integrated partners like Envoy, Tandem, and Miro. Powerful partnerships power hybrid work. Visit apphub.webex.com. Webex, working for everyone. Today is the first day of summer break for students in Uvalde, Texas, but it's not a day for celebration. Instead, the town is holding the first funerals for two of the 19 children killed in last week's mass shooting. The visitation for 10-year-old Amory Joe Garza is being held at a funeral home across the street from Robb Elementary, and the one for 10-year-old Maite Rodriguez is at another funeral home in Uvalde. 
The Justice Department is investigating the police response in Uvalde. The mayor of Uvalde wants the feds to find answers to painful questions, such as, why did it take a reported 78 minutes for a tactical team to stop the shooter? Why was the school district police chief in charge instead of someone with special training? And while children reportedly called 911 begging for help, why did they wait for a janitor's key to enter the classroom? The Canadian government has introduced legislation that would ban the sale of handguns. The measure, supported by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, would also force owners of so-called military-style assault weapons to sell them back to the government. Trudeau says the legislation, which is expected to pass, was inspired by the worsening gun violence, quote, south of the border. Tom Cruise is 59 years old. He's been in dozens of blockbusters. And yet, over the weekend, he got his first ever $100 million opening weekend. Top Gun Maverick is crushing it at theaters. And apparently, it's bringing older theater goers back to the movies. According to Paramount, half of the people who went to see Top Gun were over the age of 35. If you road tripped over the long weekend, it's probably no surprise to you that gas prices in the U.S. have just hit another record high. The average cost of a tank across the country is now about $4.60 a gallon. That's a 52% increase from a year ago, according to AAA. And in California, the average price is $6.15 a gallon. Time to dust off your bike, am I right? Women in the workplace regularly spend way more time than men doing the type of work that doesn't help them get ahead. And four professors, who are also friends, started to notice how by saying yes to these types of tasks, they were actually hurting their careers. So they started a no club to help each other learn how to be more strategic when taking on this extra work. And they researched and wrote a book on why women end up taking these non-promotable tasks so much more often than men. Linda Babcock is an econ professor at Carnegie Mellon and one of the no club book authors. What do you mean by non-promotable tasks? So this is work that is important to your organization but doesn't advance the person who does the work. So you can think of lots of examples from typical office housework. If you've ever helped someone with their work, you helped out in recruiting, you mentored somebody, you sat on a government's committee, you did DEI work. This is all typically non-promotable work. That is, it won't ever show up in your performance evaluation. And we know this work is important to organizations And so there's this disconnect between what's important and what's rewarded. And that's where non-promotable work fits in. Is this universal across industries? Absolutely. We saw it in every occupation that we looked at. It could be certainly people who are consultants or lawyers, but it can also show up in government workers, TSA agents, bartenders, nurses, really across occupations. This work is everywhere. How did you conduct your research? Well, we did a variety of things. We did some laboratory experiments where we put people in groups where they had to find someone to do an undesirable task. And what we found is that women were 50% more likely to agree to do the task. Hmm. And when people had to ask someone to do a task in the lab, they were 50% more likely to ask a woman versus a man. And we found that 
female consultants spent 200 more hours per year than male consultants mm. doing non-promotable work. Why are women performing these tasks more than men? Well, there's two things. We ask them more and they say yes more. And so that it creates a double whammy for women. It's the expectations that we all hold that women will do this work because, you know, we typically see women as helpers, as agreeable. And so there can be backlash against women who say no to this work. Linda, are there any strategies that are effective for saying no? Yes. And the research is really clear on this. Most people, when they say no, they give an excuse. And that's not actually what the requester wants to hear. They want help. And so if you're going to say no, say it in a way that helps the requester. You can say, you know, I can't fit this into my schedule right now, but I know that Brian would be great at this task. So I love the idea of saying no, but is it at all different to say no as a white woman in the workplace than it is for women of color? Certainly. White women have a lot more privilege in the workplace. They have more latitude to assert themselves. And so while white women may face some penalties for saying no, for women of color, the penalties are going to be even greater. So obviously, the burden shouldn't just fall on women to say no. So how can male colleagues and managers do better to solve this disparity? You have to start with awareness of the issue. I think many people are not aware that women are doing more than their fair share of this non-promotable work, in part because this work is often invisible. What we found in our experience working with organizations is when men realize that they have not been doing their fair share, many of them are happy to step up to the plate and take on the work um, so that it doesn't hurt their female colleagues. But ultimately, the responsibility for solving this problem sits with leadership and thinking about you know, when you have non-promotable work, think carefully about who you're assigning it to. Are you going back to the same woman just because she says yes? Or can I find a better allocation so that it's more fairly distributed across my employees? Linda, thank you so much for joining us on the Refresh from Insider. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Linda Babcock is one of the authors of The No Club, Putting a Stop to Women's Dead-End Work. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play The Refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. Talk to you soon. Bye.